Hey, this is Kelly Rissy, speaker and master health, life, and mindset coach with Rise Up and Live Wellness. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue, and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Kelly Rissy. You know, after experiencing adrenal fatigue and supraventricular tachycardia, Kelly left her career as a national board certified educator to become a coach in the health and wellness industry. Through Kelly's speaking engagements and private coaching business, she has helped hundreds of busy professionals take charge of their stress and health. She is committed to helping women experience inner peace, harmony, and well-being. Kelly is a national speaker, trainer, master coach of neurolinguistics programming and the transformational coach method and the owner of Rise Up and Live Wellness. Kelly is a contributing author in the international best-selling book, Fearless and Fabulous, Finding Your Way Through Change and Beyond, which includes her journey of radical acceptance. Kelly has been married to her husband, Mark, for 23 years, has two sons, and enjoys singing, dancing, and professional development. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation today with Kelly. This is gonna be phenomenal because she's phenomenal. Really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck, and needing a pivot in your business, in your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, Stacey. And it's so uh, good to talk with you and just have a conversation. I mean, we're not by each other. I know, right? You're in Missouri. What's the weather like today? Is it snowing <laughs> in May? <laughs> it is rainy and cloudy. Is he really? I got to tell you, it's funny because I had never been to St. Louis until, you know, we started doing NLP there and everything. And when you guys told me you don't like the weather, give it five minutes. I really thought you guys were full of crap until I didn't like the weather and I gave it five minutes and it changed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So, so what actually took you out to St. Louis? Because I know you were out in California. That's where you got your degree for teaching. Yes. Kind of. So I grew up in Missouri. I grew up in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Mm. And then I ended up in California to get my master's degree in dance education. So I have a music theater degree and a dance education, neither of which I am using other than my front porch when I was doing Friday porch dances. <laughs> um, and then we lived in Colorado for seven years. And then oh, wow. after we had kids, um, it was time. It was time to move back to be closer to the family. Gotcha. You know, I'm really curious, how does a dancer end up being a teacher? <laughs> So I felt like from a very early age, like five years old, I knew I wanted to teach. And when I got my master's degree in dance education, I wanted to take a dance curriculum into high schools. And that's what, that's what California does. That is not what the Midwest does. <laughs> so anyway, I had grand ideas of bringing that here and it didn't work. And, you know, I made the decision that I didn't want to be a dance studio owner. I knew in my future, I wanted to have kids. And when do dance studios operate? Basically in the evening when kids aren't in school. So I specifically made that choice to then go into education, regular education, um, and just do dance for fun. Nice. And for those of you who have never seen her Friday porch performance, you really have to follow her on Facebook because it's pretty awesome. And she really does put a lot of energy in it and a lot of planning. And you'll find moving through this interview that uh, she's very, very focused and it shows in everything she does. <laughs> so, so Kelly, when, when you were a teacher, right? What was it that you liked about teaching? Because I know you brought a lot of your teaching skills into entrepreneurism. So I kind of want people to see the relativity because in my humble opinion, there's a lot of people out there transitioning from being employed and they're trying to find their crossover skill sets. So I'd like them to hear your journey in that. Yeah, I feel like it was just so, so natural for me. What I was doing is I was teaching kids. I was an elementary education teacher, right? Building the relationship with them, getting on their level, being able to break things down for them so they could do it in such easy, manageable steps. And isn't that what we do in coaching, right? Mm -hmm. We're building relationships with them. We're taking their goal, helping them break it down into little steps, um, helping them move forward. That's what I did. Like my whole year as a teacher was based on moving a kid from wherever they come in. And we know that every kid came in at a different level and moving them to where where their highest potential was. And I found so much reward in that. You know, I taught um, first grade and I taught fourth grade for a short time. First graders, the amount of growth that they make is absolutely phenomenal. And it's mm. so cool when I can see that same thing in my clients, when they come in in just short 90 days, they can go from, you know, whatever they are stuck in to breaking free and having freedom and success. So I do feel like they totally parallel with each other. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who are in management or leadership or manufacturing or administration or doesn't really matter what you do, whatever your passion is, you do have crossover skill sets that are very, very applicable.
So when you're sitting there trying to figure out what am I going to do next? How am I going to move forward? How am I going to, you know, support my family, support myself, pursue my passion? Really sit back and ask yourself some very simple questions because Kelly found the relativity in first graders to moving into coaching adults, right? Reality is, doesn't matter what you're doing, we're always hurting cats. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that, you know, education, I guess I found through education is I, I just came to believe that if I could get in and help parents, specifically moms, right, manage stress better, just help them with their health overall, just everything, how much it would trickle down into what I call those babies that I was teaching. You know, they weren't technically babies, but babies enough. Um, and I knew that there could be a trickle down effect. And that's why I was like, okay, you know, this is something that I'm really good at. Now let's just switch the audience mm. to the adults and the parents which will then affect all teachers um, that these kids in, encounter. And, and, and not only the teachers affecting them, how the kids are showing up, affecting the kids in such a huge way, because we know that as parents, that is what we do. Like we teach our kids everything, they model us, yeah. right, they repeat after us. And so being able to help parents, specifically moms, just impacts all of those kids. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh... <laughs> one of our students had texted me on Mother's Day and said, my daughter had, has been making me a gift for 30 days and she just delivered it. And, and so I thought I was gonna get a picture. Instead, I got a recording. The little girl ran around the house every five minutes screaming the F word at the top of her lungs. She practiced it for 30 days. And I was like, okay, so you just told me that that F bomb has dropped a lot in your house. Who says it? And she goes, oh, my husband. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, so our kids are walking, talking parrots of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Stacey, that's funny because you know, I have, um, I have a 17 year old and a 20 year old. And my, my 17 year old likes to throw back my coaching words that I use to him right back into my face, which the good news about that is, is he's listening, mm -hmm. right? Listening. Um, and you know, he'll appreciate it. I do truly believe that he'll come to appreciate it someday. <laughs> so, so can you share with our listeners what adrenal fatigue is? Because you know, I understand the impacts of adrenal fatigue and some people may not. And, you know, I, it, it's very, very prevalent in today's society where, where professionals, doesn't matter what you're doing, professionals are burning the candles at three ends, both ends in the middle, right? They're, they're playing full out in their personal life. They're playing full out in their business life and everything's coming in the middle and they have fires going on there too. So can you share uh, what adrenal fatigue is and how it impacted you as a professional? Yeah, so, you know, adrenal fatigue, it, for me, this is how it showed up for me. It was complete burnout and exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I see where it came from now. First of all, it came from the end of my teaching career. What really, really most of my teaching career when I had my own kids and when I had my classroom full of kids. And like you just said, burning the candle at both ends. Um, my perfectionism was playing into that, um, just wanting to be the best, all of that. So for me, it showed up in exhaustion. 
I was also going through a time period where I was like, I'm going to get into the best shape of my life. And by doing so, I was restricting calories. I was completely over-exercising, doing way too much high intensity, just running my body into the ground. And so here's how it looked for me. It looked for me that I would work out and give it all I had and I would come home and I would literally need to take a two hour nap. I would get on the computer and I would just zone out. Like I would be reading the same paragraph for like 15 minutes, like, like in a complete state of, of brain fog, if that makes sense. So little motivation, little energy. Like I just didn't have energy to do anything. And that is how it showed up for me. Like that is not right. I had things to accomplish. I had things to do. And I was spent all day long. Um, it showed up in my hormones not being um, level, like my hormones were all messed up. Uh, it was it was an awful, it, and you know, the interesting thing that I always like to say, and that I was, that's when I was in the best shape of my life. Okay, maybe if you looked at me on the outside, but mm -hmm. on the inside, I had so many things going wrong. And it was it was, it was awful. I would, you know, I would, I would drive home and I would be falling asleep at the wheel. Um, I was, I was trying to live off caffeine, which is completely the opposite thing you should do when you're in adrenal fatigue, except you need energy. So what do you do? You know, it was, it was not a pleasant time in my life at all. So what made you realize that something had to change because you know I believe if nothing changes nothing changes so what made you realize enough is enough and how did you do that because you were making decent money yeah so I realized that you know and and, and we didn't even touch on um my when I ended up in the hospital for tachycardia right that was a whole nother issue coming out um, that actually happened. I feel like that was the precursor to the adrenal fatigue, but I ended up seeing, I knew I needed help. And so I ended up seeing a functional medicine doctor and she was the one, well, it would hang on. Let me go back. When I was working with my personal trainer to get into the best shape of my life, she was like, you need to do yoga. I was like, uh, yoga doesn't burn calories. I can't do yoga. I'm not kidding. Like I fought with her. I'm like, I'm not doing yoga. Like yoga, I, I can't burn hundred calories. I need to burn 600 calories. So anyway, she let it go. She's like, you really need yoga. And what is it? Usually the, re the thing we resist the most mm -hmm. is the thing that we actually need to do. So I went to see my, I went to see a functional medicine doctor and she's like, girl. <laughs> and she kind of told me like really how bad it is, you know, because I feel like when we, we, things start going wrong in our life, some, sometimes it's a snap like that, but sometimes it's that slow fade. Like you forget how good you can feel until you feel good again. It's just that slow fade. So she was like, um, no more high impact aerobics. <gasps> um, like, okay. Um, and then she would, you know, we kind of switched up how I was eating. Like you can't be restricting anymore there. She just woke me up. She had me read a lot of books to help with my mindset. And thank God I ended up in NLP because that helped me tremendously also. But there was a lot that, that went into it that I had to change. And, you know, I still have to catch myself. Like I know what my triggers are that mm -hmm. lead me back into, oh, wait, I really should be 
we're burning, you know, 700 calories and I better go balls to the wall right now. And mm -hmm. I have to totally pull it back and remind myself, I have to heal my body. And when we are going too fast and when we are doing too much, our bodies will not heal. Like I was in fight or flight almost all the time. Explain fight or flight to them. Yeah, so- I don't um, think everybody knows what that is. Yeah, so our um, autonomic nervous system has two branches and one is the parasympathetic and that is where you rest and digest and you heal when you're really tapped into that. And then the other one is your sympathetic system and that is your fight or flight. And so fight or flight is, is when, you know, the classic textbook example is when um, if you ate lunch and a lion were chasing you, your digestion shuts off, blood shoots to your arms and your legs so you can get out. The problem with that is, is that no, we no longer have lions chasing us, at least I don't. <laughs> um, however, our, our psychologically, we don't know, our body doesn't know the difference between a lion chasing me yeah. to me working out super hard, to me having to contact a parent and have a conversation, to me having a conflict at home, to me running all over the place trying to get my kids where they need to be. My body doesn't know the difference in any of that. It's just responding to fight or flight, which then cortisol raises, belly fat accumulates. Like there's so much that goes in our body from stress. That's a phenomenal definition. You know, in, in layman's terms, it's your most primitive response system. You said lions, it goes all yeah. the way back to dinosaur days, right? Mm -hmm. The caveman T-Rex was coming. They had two choices, dig in and fight or turn and run and run faster than the slowest person in the clam. Right. And thank God our bodies respond that way. Like, yeah. thank you that my body is made that way for when I need it you know, whatever that big situation is that I really need it. The problem with that is that, you know, our body is good at responding to that when it needs to, and then everything goes back down. But when we live in that place all the time, mm -hmm. that low level or medium level of chronic stress, it creates a new normal in your body. Yeah. Your blood pressure raises, your heart rate raises, muscle tension raises, like, and now you just have this whole new normal that, that isn't how we're built you know that's not how our bodies are supposed to be responding correct you know you you brought up something and and i i want to revisit it and i was actually going to avoid the topic however <laughs> since you brought it up i'm going to jump right on that carpet you know you've been you've been navigating the the entrepreneurial market for a few years right? And through the navigation of it, you know, you've played bumper pull a little bit and, and bounced off bumpers and you're really finding your way to, to the right side of the entrepreneurial equation, right? Through that journey, through that journey, you have had one bumper chase you the entire time. And that was the bumper of perfectionism. So I'd really, really love for you to talk about what it's like to be a perfectionist in a world where perfectionism really shouldn't exist and how it's shackled you at times, made you who you are, held you back and propelled you and how you work with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So 
And if I can give a little bit of backstory of where my Absolutely. perfectionism really started, I started dancing when I was three. Um, I was three years old in my first recital. Of course, at three, I don't think I was trying to be a perfectionist. And I'll tell you why. Because during my tap solo to um, when the red, red robin comes, bob, bob, bobbin, I started picking my nose. So at that point, I was not a perfectionist. <laughs> um, but at some point after you've been in the dance world, the pageant world, the beauty world, mm -hmm. there is perfectionism. And one, you know, in order to win, you need to be perfect. You need to look perfect. You need your, you know, talent to be perfect. You need to say the perfect thing. And that is how I grew up. I mean, I was in, I was in that world until I left for college and then went into the music theater world and still mm -hmm. a dance minor. So it just stayed with me forever. And yes, that perfectionism, I feel like at times has crippled me mostly in my appearance, right? Sometimes it's not about um, what I'm doing or whatever, but it's truly about how I look and being in the industry that I am in a health, as a health and life coach, right? The health part of it, um, that can be crippling at times because you know, we, we perceive health coaches to look a certain way. And so I had to do a lot of, I mean, that was my biggest breakthrough through NLP was getting over this perfectionism and loving myself for who I am and learning how to um, accept my body, accept the experiences I've been through um, and and letting go of perfection, Stacey, you were the one that really brought it to my attention that, you know, I know that there's only, to me, there's only one perfect person and that was Jesus, right? The, the, my world. And I don't need to be that. I never will be that. Why am I trying to strive for that? And so instead, right, you were the one that taught me about being excellent, and living in a state of excellent is different than being a perfectionist. And, um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little fun here because we all know that there are times in my closet <laughs> that I am truly in there changing my clothes four or five times, trying to find the perfect outfit. And I'm getting so much better. I just want you to know that how frequently that used to happen and how little it happens now nice. is just freeing. It is 100% freeing. So on that note, we did an exercise in one of the classes when she wasn't a student, she was actually a, a coaching assistant with us. And I, I love needling Kelly. She's become a dear, dear friend. And uh, I think that day you would change like five or seven times. And I was like, how how inefficient is that for you? And, and, and I kept needling her and needling her and we did an exercise and she goes, well, it's not going to work. And I'm like, well, it won't if you think it won't. And we went back and forth and back and forth. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm really glad that it's, it's loosened its hold on you because, because that, that, that whole P thing, the, the, the perfectionism, it, it's, it's an unattainable standard. There's, there's nothing wrong with us as humans, us as professionals, us as parents, us as adults, chasing the best version of ourself. There is a huge difference by being the best version of yourself versus chasing perfection. Mm -hmm. So, so if, if you can take any advice from Kelly, 
please, because this has been a very painful trigger and journey for her through her pursuit of success, because a lot of things you heard her word crippled her, right? She couldn't leave the house until she looked perfect. She couldn't release a program until it was perfect. She couldn't call someone until she knew she could say the perfect thing. She couldn't dot, dot, dot. Well, if the perfect thing, whatever that is, doesn't exist, how do you ever do anything, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I've also come to, to find out that I was also very much in that black and white thinking, which I feel like sometimes goes with perfectionism. Um, there's no right or wrong. There's no <laughs> way of how to look. There's no right or wrong way of how the email should be, right? And, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and when I say that, it doesn't mean we can't analyze and improve and reflect and, and make things better. But yet, you know, at the same time, what is right is right for that time. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And for those of you who are listening to this on a podcast platform, please jump over to YouTube in a few weeks and look at this because her facial expression was priceless there. <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm really curious and, and there's so many things I want to talk with you about today. Um, your comfort zone, right? How has staying in your comfort zone impacted you? And how has you allowing yourself to leave your comfort zone impacted you? Staying in my comfort zone <laughs> has um, impacted my business to, to stay sometimes where I don't want it to be mm -hmm. because of the fear, right? The fear of like, I need to stay in what's comfortable for me. Um, and then when I step outside of my comfort zone, right? And we all create these fears and they're just made up, right? We know that it hasn't happened yet, but being able to step out of my comfort zone, I, I feel like has, has kept me in the game because I look at how many coaches become coaches and after one year they're out, you know, and so I've been doing this, um, I've been in business, I keep going, and it's because I continually step out of my comfort zone. Some steps are big and some steps are little, um, and yet and yet, it's always that forward movement and really facing, really facing your fears and I guess being aware of them, of like, huh, look at me. Like, look at me being scared to pick up the phone. Look at me <laughs> being scared to, you know, press send on an email, like, mm. you know, and kind of laughing at myself at that. Um, because if, if, if not, if I didn't, if I stayed in that P word, then I would stay in my little comfort zone and it would keep me from doing all the great things that I need to do mm. while I'm alive. I love that. Let's talk about the F-bomb. Let's talk about failure. What's a failure done for you and to you? I feel like as a, as a kid, failure defined my worth. Because not winning the pageants, right? Failing, not being good enough. Because if you don't win, you're not good enough. You know, what, what, like that's, that was in my world, my perception of that. So 
you know, when I was younger, until I knew better, Stacey, until I became a coach, until I went through coaching programs myself, until I did the work on myself mm-hmm. and really realized that it is truly just feedback. It is just a lesson to be learned. And now I, um, I can appreciate that. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to pass that on to my kids as well. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I, I, I don't feel like as a teacher, I was ever that teacher that ever called a kid stupid, that ever did any of that. Um, I do wish I would have had some different language that I have learned now that I could go back and, um, I don't know, impact them more with my words based on what they were doing, if that makes sense. You know, that's I don't know. That's kind of one regret as I had a te- as a teacher. I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back and say things a little bit different. So mm-hmm. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, for me, failure is a huge part of growth. And, and, and for me, as, as long as we're learning and growing from a situation that, that may not have got us to the destination we were pursuing, in my humble opinion, we didn't fail. We learned right? Now, if we choose to not take those learnings on, then I think we're failing because all we're doing is setting ourselves up to repeat a scenario that avoids serving our greater good and our journey, right? And and for me, I believe that today I am a culmination of thousands of situations that avoided working, that allowed me to stand on a very stable platform of what I do know that does work. And when you don't step outside that comfort zone, when you don't step outside that gray zone, you're never gonna grow because you're never gonna figure out what doesn't work, right? Right. You know, and I don't know, something you said just made me think about just just the pageant world in general and how yeah, at times it might've made me feel like I wasn't good enough and whatever. However, being able to step into a room and speak to hundreds of people, that is what I got from being in pageants, being confident, being able to hold myself, you know, carry myself well, all of those things so much outweigh Mm -hmm. the limiting belief that I put in my head that I have worked on. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying for a really long time, if you're going to blame a situation for the bad, you have to blame a situation for the good. Right. So what do you wish you knew when you first started out as an entrepreneur? I, I feel like I have like 19 different things shooting around. <laughs> <laughs> Go and for I'm, it. I don't know what's the most important, right? Like networking is really important and marketing and sales. You can't do anything without marketing and sales. Mm. Um, being being so sure of yourself, mm. being, um, know that you are being of service. Like your what I have is to serve other people. And that is why I bring my gift is to help other people, right? As opposed to, as opposed to bringing it back on, well, I don't know this about business and I don't know this about business, but, but having it so deep in my heart of why I'm doing this and who I'm helping um, and that the rest will fall in place after that. Nice. You know, we hear so many people say, know your why, know your why. If your why is surface level, your why won't drive you because let's face it, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, being a sales professional, 
it's not easy. It's worth it. It's not easy. And when I say it's not easy, it doesn't mean it's hard. It's just, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of fortitude, stickability, determination, focus, drive, independence, self-assuredness, confidence, the ability, perseverance, the ability to just keep going, even when you're not being paid. You, you heard Kelly say earlier, so many people that became coaches a year later just stopped, right? The whole start, stop, start, stop happens because we're not in touch with our why. So I always say, if your why makes you cry, then the hell will never matter, right? And I know Kelly and her why, because every time she talks about it, she cries. And I know my why every time I talk about it, I cry. It just it hits that gut level. Wow. So you just fire hosed a lot of resourceful information. So sure of yourself, you know, I believe that success is 90% mindset, 10% skill set, right? You need that self-worth, that self-esteem, that self-confidence, that self-suredness. How does someone get that when when school, right, traditional school has taught us to pass, taught us to just get by, taught, I mean, when you ask a kid today, what are you studying for? Oh, to pass my test. They never tell you, oh, I'm studying to get an A plus, or I'm studying to get 100%. They tell you that they're studying to pass. Traditional school systems has taught our children to just get by. Now push that forward into adulthood and that looks like just getting by, right? Robbing from Peter to pay Paul, working just hard enough to, to get the bills paid, living to just a certain level, right? So, so knowing that that is how we are programmed at such an early age and then wait, we're all segregated into peer groups, right? You have your cool kids, you have your nerds, you have your druggies, you have your fashionistas, you have your athletes, your jocks. I can go on and on. How do people get that self-assuredness, that platform to stand on? You know, I think number one, it's always about working on ourselves more than we work on anything else. I think it's, it's the baby steps, right? It's every time you step out of your comfort zone and it's like, oh, and this worked, like <laughs> there was no firefighter blood when I stepped out of my comfort zone, it's okay. <laughs> and then, right, building on that, like going back to that, look at all the times that I did something with confidence that worked out so well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I will tell you that my mom is terrified of public speaking terrified of it. And she did not want me to be like her. And that is why she started me in dance and pageants so that I would be confident walking into a room and doing that. So I feel like a little bit of, of that for me comes from that training, that upbringing being put out there. You don't have a choice. Like, here you go, kid, off you go. Um, and doing that. And I think now it's so cool because I can go back and just pull that up and bring it back up. Um, you know, and, and for those who didn't have that upbringing, it's just doing the next thing and building on that, mm -hmm. doing the next thing and building on that. Like it was okay. You know, even if, even if, even if you pick up the phone and you call somebody and they say no, or they hang up on you, you're still, okay. 
Like it's okay. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I don't know. I think that's how I look at it. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, you know, you, you, your coaching is, is very centered around women and wellness, right? Mm -hmm. However, you have a phenomenal niche because it really became your passion and your purpose. And, and I love the title. It's called, you know, the mess of stress. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so can you share with our listeners how stress impacts your ability to achieve what it is you, you go after? You know, when we, when we think about the effects of stress, um, it, there is a list of literally like 77,000 ways that stress affects our body. And we know that that includes our mind, our brain, our thinking, um, you know, stress shows up in, in four different ways, really. It shows up um, uh, biological and chemical, and that's in the processes of the body. It shows up uh, mental and emotional. So our thoughts, our beliefs, um, you know, what we're thinking. Uh, spiritual, which is in our sense of connection, and then in our bones and structural. And if you look at all four of those, if any of those are off, you're off. You know, and when we're stressed, we become contracted, we become narrow-minded, right? Like our focus is, you know, like this, you know, a dot. Um, and, and we don't, it limits us, right? And so then I feel like um, our creativity isn't as good as it can be when we're just relaxed and, and flowing. Um, our, our, our body, our energy, like it taps into everything. I feel like it affects our mood. It affects every single thing that we do because yeah. we know that when, when we are stressed, who are we snapping at? Are we snapping at our, our, you know, coworkers, our family, our children, like friend, like whatever, where is our mood showing up because of our stress? You know, it's just, a, it, it affects all areas of life. Yeah, I think we snap at ourselves the most. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't mention that. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 mess of stress. How do you how do you take a busy professional who is lock, stock, and barrel, burning the candle at both ends? Let's face it, COVID added to an already stressful environment, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, COVID took people who were burnt already burning the candle at both ends and for some had a flame burning in the middle and just set the whole wax candle on fire and said, okay, live your life and have fun. So, so how do you help these people? You know, it's really getting in. And first of all, it's having them evaluate where are your biggest stressors? Where are they coming from? And what do they feel like can needs to be adjusted and then going in, I have so many different techniques to the simplest one is breathing. Mm. And I always say, if you have an Apple watch, did you know there's a breathe um, app on there? Okay. And it will tell you to breathe. And do you know how many people have that app and that it tells them to breathe? And they're like, yeah, I'm too busy right now. <laughs> you know, so it's then it's a lot of mindset work because mm -hmm. We are addicted to stress and we have to recognize that, that we are addicted to the fast pace, the doing more, doing more, doing more. I mean, I know for me, you know, we would, we didn't do this often, but we, when we did, my husband would take us and we'd go 
you know, glamping, but we'd be out in the woods for a period of time. I couldn't sit still. I was like, there needs, there's things that need to be done. Like I can't even sit and relax. And that was a sign that what did I need to be doing more of? Mm -hmm. But really just looking at their life, finding ways. It's just like building any habit, right? It's starting slow and layering. What's the one thing that we can do? And I have a whole tool of tricks up my sleeve to help people tap into their parasympathetic system, but it's getting one foundational down and having that habit and then building upon it, upon it, upon it until they have a whole, like throughout their whole day, morning to end, they are tapping into their parasympathetic system often and it just becomes natural. So you mean the first thing you tell people to do is meditate and do yoga? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can call it just breathing to start with, right? It's a little bit less intimidating, just breathe. Nice, nice. So so I'm curious, you know, because I know you in so many different ways. You know, I know you as as Kelly the friend, I know you as Kelly the the entrepreneur, I know you as Kelly the coach, I know you, I know you as well, I know you as Kelly, Mark's wife, and Kelly as Mark being your husband. And so what does success mean to you? Because I know what it meant to you when I first met you, and it has changed significantly. Hmm, has it? Okay, so um, to me, success means being fulfilled in all areas of life. Hmm. It, is not a, it is not a one piece or the other. It is is am I being successful in my health? Am I being successful in my relationships? Um, is my business growing in a way that I wanted to? Where's my spirituality? Am I connected in that way? So it is all the major areas of life and being fulfilled in each of those. So it was almost three years and two weeks ago that I met you, almost. Mm-hmm. And uh when I asked you that day what it is you wanted and how you define success, do you remember your answer? No, no, and I don't know how you do, but but go ahead. So you were you were with you were with a a health and wellness company and you defined success then by money and how much you were making. Mm. And you were very, very clear on that. And, oh, and there was a rank too. <laughs> Yes, yes, there was a rank. You are correct. You are correct about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you um, you you negated uh, a lot of other things. The the other thing that you did put on there was uh, you wanted to retire your husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when we chase money, money is a lot like a dog. When you chase it, it'll run. When you show up in, as you had said earlier, service. And when you stand strong on your platform of your why and your self-confidence and your self-assuredness, and you serve the needs, wants, and desires with your level of expertise, success happens because you're showing up for the right reasons. So for those of you who are listening, take this lesson. Anything you chase is going to run. Stand, find your silence breathe and let it happen. And this isn't one of those secret moments where just stand there and wish for it to come. There is activity and productivity aligned with that presence 
However, it is a much different energy. It is a much different space. In order to need something, you're vibrating energy out that repels actually what it is you want. When you show up to serve something, well, that just vibrates your way because you're showing up differently. You know, what, what I thought of when you were, were talking about that was, you know, when I meditate and when I'm in that space of silence, mm. that is truly where like the ideas, the creativity, the, yeah. the Kelly, here's what, here's your next move. Right. And, and really uh, it's there or it's in the shower, right? Mm. One of the two, because we're in, we're in a relaxed state in the shower, you know, mm. which is why that can happen as well. Um, and then, and then honoring that, honoring that, that, that voice that we heard to me, it's the Holy Spirit telling me like, and here's your next move. Hmm. So. Nice. So I remember a while ago, you hated selling. As a matter of fact, I think those were your exact words, <laughs> something along those lines. You might've had a few other adjectives in there. <laughs> So, so what is selling to you today? And what did it used to be that made it so hard? You know, it's, it's so interesting because when I, when I, when I, use, I always say that like, as a teacher, 22, however many, right. However many kids that year showed up in my classroom. I never had to do anything. They mm. just showed up magically <laughs> or not um they always showed up and so when I got into this business of like oh sales you know I I ugh, um because I didn't see myself being that person at all and so you know now I have come to to know that sales to me is truly just sharing my heart with people sharing my passion um and offering it to those people who, who need that solution and they are looking and how long would it be for me when someone's in pain, whatever that be, whatever their stress is causing them, whether it be relationship issues, health issues, you know, business issues, whatever that is for me to hold back and not share a solution that I have for them. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that is the way that I look at it now. It's just sharing a solution to, to help people move forward in their life. I like that. So you're a coach. And I also know that, that you invest very heavily into yourself. You know, you, you do live trainings, you, you attend live trainings, you, you have coaches, you participate in masterminds, you, you, you have done digital trainings, you read, you, you're very well-rounded in your personal and professional development. How, how has all of this inner work and outer work worked for you? The, the inner work has brought me to a place of peace that I have in my life. When there was a time I didn't have peace, and, um, you know, it was the anxiety, it was the unfulfillment, it was the trying to be perfect, you know, all of those things. So the inner work has been so great for me. And then as far as the outer work, I feel like that's, you know, my business and it has helped me 
move forward. It has helped me grow my business. It has helped me um, become a paid speaker. It has helped me, you know, move from audiences of five people to, you know, hundreds of people. And, nice. and, you know, that's, that's been a really cool thing. I am a self-development junkie. And even as a teacher, I was one of those teachers that like, I see this back in my past. I even see this going further back than that. But as a teacher, I was like, how am I changing things up the next year? Like, what can I learn? What's the newest trend? Like always wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is what attending, um, you know, trainings like yours is doing, like just helping me be better. I want to be the best person that I can be for myself, for my family, for my clients, for the community. So that's what it, that's what it does for me. Nice. I love that. You know, I, I have a very, very hard belief that in order for the outer to ever work, we have to do the inner work. You know, neurolinguistics programming has changed my lives, has changed thousands and thousands and millions of people's lives. You know, we've had, we've had the privilege of serving thousands and thousands in our training rooms and, and to watch the impact, watch the transformation. Look, it's not about the mommy and daddy issues. It's about the programming. It's about the behaviors. It's about the habits. It's about the modeling. And it's about how we project and attract what we need to shift the most. You heard Kelly say earlier, what we don't want to do the most is what we need to do the most of. And, you know, I get asked all the time, what does that have to do with sales? And reality is it has everything to do with sales because people aren't buying your product, service, or solution. People are buying you. There are a lot of people out there that sell and offer what you sell and offer. And the difference between them making a decision to go with you or someone else is how they connect with you. And if you're all over the place, if you're stressed, if you're in need, if you're chasing the money, if you're showing up because you don't really care if you solve their problem, you just care if you pay your bills, well, reality is their sniffer, their BS detector is going to go off and they can't connect with you. They won't connect with you. So they won't move forward with you. When you clean up yourself and when you allow yourself to reprogram yourself and to transform yourself and allow yourself to evolve, then what happens is you get all of these new skill sets that you can then interact with people at a totally different level. And not only does shift happen in your life, it starts happening in everyone's life. And then they become megaphones for who you are to connect you to who you need to be connected with. Yeah. And you know, Susie, the other thing that I, that I, I know about it is, you know, the transformation is just, it's peeling, not just, it is peeling the onion. Right. Yeah. And so it's not one transformation. It's whoo, like now I had a big shift. Like I don't need to be a perfectionist anymore. Okay, now what? Like what's next that I can work on, right? Yeah. Because there's still, you know, a million layers that we just keep getting to, to, to peel back. And I think that's why it's always a continual process for me is to keep peeling back more and more layers. Because mm -hmm. um, what if I just stopped here? Like there might be a, you know, like what is, what, what's that golden thing that's on the inside that I, you know, that I get to get to and explore. Yeah. You know, the universal law is there's always movement. Mm -hmm. If you're not growing, then you're dying. And dying is of course, meta metaphoric, right? 
There's always movement. We're either moving forward or we're moving backwards. We are never standing still, right? Yeah. So networking, that that dirty N-word, right? That I never had to do as a teacher, that one? I know, right? (laughs) I remember talking with you. you, uh, We were talking about direct sales and how I built my business. and, And I told you, oh, I networked. I networked three times a day, four to five days a week. And you looked at me like, well, the kids just showed up in my classroom. I don't have to network. And I'm like, no, you do. (laughs) Yes. I tried to build that former business that you were talking about without really networking. And at first it was fine, right? You have your, your, your circle of influence and people, whatever. But at some point, at some point I had to start networking and, um, and now you'll be happy to know I am the director of two team referral network chapters. Wow. I am the president of another organization of a chapter for that. And then I'm in another networking organization as well, as well as a, as well as a chamber. So I'm in four currently. Well, ladies and gentlemen, write down today's date because <laughs> shift has just hit the fan. <laughs> I mean, I remember you kicked and screamed about the entire concept. So, so what has professional business networking done for you and your business? It has, first of all, it has exposed my business, mm. right? Because sitting in my office by myself in the witness protection program mm-hmm. isn't doing anyone any good. Um, so it is, it has helped bring awareness to my business. It has helped, um, it's helped me First of all, me being able to connect other people. And I love that. I love being able to, you know, whether I'm, I'm just the connector. So that has been fabulous. Meeting people, being involved in the community, every one of the um, networking groups that I'm with, there, there's a nonprofit that goes with them that we are always serving and helping in our community, which, um, you know, to me is important. So that's another aspect that it brought and just being around other entrepreneurs, other business owners, just, you know, immersed in conversation with them and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what are you doing and how's it going for you? Just, just all of that. I am a total extrovert. So I love that. I leave networking events fired up. (laughs) That's phenomenal. And I'm the polar opposite. I'm the introvert. I leave, I go into a networking environment because it's my responsibility to hold up the walls. Right. And then then when I, when I leave the environment, I leave with, with great connections. However, we just approach it very, very differently. And it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Networking is for you. Relationships are needed and they're necessary if you want to navigate this, this whole entrepreneurial venture and to be successful. So, so I'm curious what's the best piece of advice that you could give someone who is starting out and or struggling and or just hasn't hit the level of success that they want yet? So number one, I'm going to say, get a coach, get a mentor, get someone who has been through it that can walk you through it faster Mm -hmm. because they know what they're doing. So Mm -hmm. I think that is extremely important. and Stacy, the other thing I'm going to say is get out there and network. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add a third I mean, thing? It, it is the weirdest, it, you know, I, I look at, 
I look at the connections and the referrals that have come yeah. from, to me. Sometimes it's not even from the people. It's not from the chiropractor, right? Yeah. Right there. It's from someone completely different that mm -hmm. if I had stayed in my little bubble, that never would have happened. Like it's yeah. fascinating to me yeah. how energy moves around and flows and all of that. Okay. So her number one piece of advice was get a coach, mentor, someone who's navigated what it is you're attempting to navigate. Her second piece of advice was networking, which that's why we both laugh. And I'd like to add a third. I was going to say, I, I do have one more that just came to my mind. I think okay. the third piece is keep going. Mm. Just keep, I mean, because if, if you quit, well, you're done. Like, that's it. And, and that doesn't mean that adjustments may not need to be on the way. And, you know, wherever you were going might change a little bit, whatever, but just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, I, I tell myself all the time that, I mean, through COVID, did we not all have to tell ourselves that on days like, just keep going, just keep going. So, so now I'm going to add a fourth. Okay. Tip, okay. So the fourth tip and, and hear me out and she's probably going to laugh when I say this. Mm -hmm. So it's because it's so obvious because of who you are and what you okay. do breathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, reality is this. You're not going to get everything right. And not everything is going to be easy. And not everything is always going to go as planned. Love yourself through this journey. Because you are the common denominator in every transaction in your life, in your business. And you're human. And love yourself, nurture yourself through this process. Take the time out for you. Get that mani-pedi. Go out to the gym, sit in the hot sauna, get that massage. Do the things that you deserve to do. If you want to do it as a reward system, do it as a reward system. If you want to do it because you're worth it, know you're worth it. Reality is that self-care is so fundamental, is so necessary. If you drove your car for 100,000 miles and never serviced it, what would happen to your car? Now, get up and look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I servicing you like I service my house, like I service my car, like you deserve to be treated? And see, that's really why I wanted to have Kelly on here today, because we know what happens if you don't. The tachycardia, the adrenal fatigue, and there's, if memory serves me properly, there's four or five phases of adrenal fatigue. And if you're in phase four, you're almost going to be on the floor, right? Yeah. So welcome to the signature question of the show, my friend. And that is, what does selling without selling mean to you? So selling without selling to me means, um, I guess, sharing from your heart, right? Because that's what we're passionate about. And if we're, tr and if we're, we are doing what we love and we are in the business of what we love, then we know that we have a product, a service or whatever that can help people. And selling is just sharing it. It's just sharing it. It's offering a solution um, and, and being of service to, to those you love, to those you have just met, to those you don't even know yet. Yeah. So 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. You're, you, you saying that made me hear my first grade teacher, Stacy, sharing is caring. Right. Very nice. <laughs> right. So is there, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we move on to the random round? Because I really want them to extract the importance of, of allowing themselves to de-stress, decompress. Yeah, you know, something that just came up for me while you were talking and you're talking about self-care and taking yourself care of yourself like you take care of your car. And it's so interesting because I actually have a quiz that I give my clients. And, you know, we we often think of of self-care as the 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 easy ones, right? The the massage, the pedicure, like anything that you're doing for yourself. And self-care is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Are you making your doctor's appointments? Yeah. You know, are you do you like the way you look right now? Mm-hmm. Um, how is your house? Right? Like, are you living in an environment because that is self-care? Um, and you know, the are you this easy one? Are you around people that love and support you? And then, you know, I know that through um, NLP and your training, you know, what I have worked on so much is, is the, have you forgiven yourself for past mistakes? Nice. Right. Have you dealt with any traumas, events, anything like that in your life that happened in the past that you're still holding on to? Like all of that is self-care. And I think we need to remember that it's such a it's such a big picture um, as opposed to, as opposed to the little things of like, just making sure you spend 30 minutes on your calendar, you know, on you a day or, or whatever. I think it, there's just so much more um, that goes to that to make sure that we are truly taking care of ourselves. Nice. I love that. And, and I think that goes inside and out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really, pay attention to mindful eating instead of mindless eating. Yes. Because what you put into your body is just as important to what you do with your body. Yes. Yeah. And you know, for me, one of the things that we've talked about too, is just, you know, you know, I've been on a journey of truly loving myself, loving my body, growing up in that dance world. Like if you weren't, you know, X pounds and look this way, then, then again, you weren't good enough and being able to do that and being able to look in the mirror at myself and appreciate me exactly where I am today, whether it's where I want to be in a week or not, but just and that's why I wrote the chapter radical acceptance of, of radically accepting where I am and, and, and loving myself for who I am today. And all the things that brought me my adrenal fatigue that brought me to now my tachycardia, if none of that had happened, I mean, I could still be teaching, which would be fine, right. There's nothing wrong with that. And yet it led me to this whole other amazing place in my life that now I get to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. That's beautiful. So welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues. And I like to ask questions that, that allow our listeners to extract very specific golden nuggets from our guest experts, so that they can pick and choose what they'd like to adapt and adjust into their life. So first and foremost, I have a few questions for you. So first and foremost, uh, what's your morning ritual look like? Okay. So my morning ritual is I get up, 
I do a devotional and I pray, and then I do a meditation. And sometimes I journal, sometimes I um, read. So that kind of, the next step kind of depends on, mm-hmm. on what's going on. And then I always, um, I always exercise like that, some form of movement. I do yoga, I do cardio, I do strength. I mix it up, but that is always in there as well. And then after that, I'm ready to go take my shower, get ready and start my day. I love it. Next, next random round question. How do you decompress? How do you recharge? Because I know that you have a husband that is the energizer bunny and goes and goes and then the battery runs out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I look at, to me, the breathing recharges me. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, uh, deep conversations recharge me actually. So that is something that I love doing. Um, And um, reading actually like sitting out on my, let me, let me be specific, sitting out on my deck in the sunshine on a beautiful day, which you only get a couple in Missouri, but but that's neither here nor there. Um, That completely recharges me reading a good book, listening to a podcast. I'm listening to your podcast, right? That recharges me for my business of like, oh yeah. Like if I'm not doing it here, giddy up, here I go. So um, (laughs) those are, and then I think to me, um, my exercise is so like, it is such an ingrained habit in me that I do it, that that also recharges me every day. I love that. And my last question, and uh, I, for, for me, this is probably one of my favorite questions to ask outside of the morning ritual question. What, what's your favorite word and why? Okay, so I was kind of ready for this because I've listened to your podcast. So I, <laughs> and you know, two words came into mind. The first word that came into mind was freedom. Okay, mm. because I feel like when we get to that point where we have freedoms in our life, like, uh, like, oh my gosh, isn't it? It's just amazing. So that was one. But then the other one came up, and that is like, this is my word for now, and it is compassion, mm. because I, I, I being so hard on myself all the time. Like I always have to be like compassion and grace, compassion and grace, compassion and grace. And Mm. I say that to my clients and like, now it's just the mantra. Like they'll text me compassion and grace. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that, that compassion of being compassionate towards ourselves, being compassionate towards, you know, others, towards the world, towards um, anything in our environment living, um, I think is, is that's my word right now is compassion. I love it. I absolutely love it. Kelly, it has been incredible speaking with you today. I truly appreciate you taking out the time and coming on the show before we head out. What's the best way for our listeners to connect with you if they'd like to find you? Oh, sure. So I am on all the social media platforms. So, um, I'm on Facebook at rise up and live wellness. I'm on Instagram at Kelly underscore Rissy. I'm on LinkedIn at Rise Up and Live Wellness. Um, I also have a private group for women um, in, in Facebook. It's a group. It's called uh, Rise Up and Live with Master Coach Kelly Rissy. And that is just a private group where I'm you know, constantly pouring in um, you know, health and life and mindset things. And my website is uh, www.riseupandlivewellness.com. 
I love it. Thank you so much. Your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.